Welcome to Don't Be All Like Uncool, a way too deep dive into the shallowest people on the planet. I'm Elizabeth, and I'm joined by my lovely friend and co-host, Mr. Alex Moran. Hi, Alex. I've got a little seasonal tagline for us this week. Something to celebrate the summer. I couldn't come up with a tagline because I was too busy working on my tan lines. Oh, very nice. We are also joined by Miss Julia Baker. (laughs) I'm innocent and look forward to trial so you, along with everyone else, can see the truth. Never mind, I'm guilty. Oh, for Miss Jennifer Shaw. Mm, We're both topical this week, Julia. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to do one for Meredith this week because she had been saying Jen is guilty, like we can't trust her this entire time. Meredith Marks puts out into the universe innocent till proven guilty, takes a picture with Jen Shaw. She's finally on Jen's side. What does Jen do the next day? Turns herself in. All she needed was that validation from Meredith. Mm-hmm. That's what this whole thing's been about. She would have just pled guilty when Stuart pled guilty, but... Stew chains. You know, she needed Meredith on her side. Well, we know that Meredith called the FBI, Julia, so that makes sense. Yes. All right. My tagline this week. Let's see if you guys can, uh, let's see if you picked up what I did this, uh, this week. The apple doesn't fall far from the tree, and that tree doesn't know how to hold a phone during FaceTime. Austin. Austin. Austin FaceTimes his parents by balancing his phone against something, immediately falls down. He doesn't go and immediately pick it up. And then when he does pick it up, his mom, it's like the corner of their screen, just her eyeball. And then his dad, completely in the center. Nobody in this family knows how to hold a phone. It's wild. Shocking. Do we want to start with Atlanta this week? All right. Atlanta. I'm going to start us off with something that did not happen on Atlanta, but happened on the internet this week. Uh, Sheree put out a photo shoot that she had done where she was dressed up all sexy and in prison. Did you guys see that? Is this for Tyrone? Are they back together? No, no, no. This was like a very much like middle finger to him. Oh, okay. And now, you know, after this episode, we definitely- Oh, she looks amazing. It's very, you know what? She's in such good shape. The middle finger is like, I bet you didn't look this good in there. Yeah, it's very cell block tango. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, nice. Her uh, caption is Alexa play Plan B by Megan Thee Stallion. Oh, nice. And then a promotion for Atlanta. That woman is 52. She looks amazing. Good for her. Should we just jump ahead to the end of the episode and work our way back? Because I want to talk about the sexy PJ party. What a party. I could watch it. 10 times so much going on there was there was a lot of assistance um kenya was my favorite part of the whole episode drunk kenya absolutely killed me especially when she got in the cameraman's face and was just like i'm the moment i'm the moment with her eyes going two different directions because she was so drunk that was proper kenya (laughs) kenya was bringing the mood up i loved all of the ladies so we had two friend of fatum and then also a reoccurring friend of um Drew makes herself so hard oh. to like. See, I've decided to watch <laughs> Atlanta viewing Drew as the star of the show, and it is nothing but a delight from this viewpoint. One, Murder, She Drew became a closed-door mystery. So first off, Drew's mom is saying that there is female energy that is against Drew, and there's an adversary that feels like a woman. 
So Drew is running around trying to find this evil energy amongst tons of women who are out to get her. So she's finding it kind of hard to narrow it down to just one. And this was relayed to her via a voice message from a, a prophet, June. Prophet June is her name. That was uh, her, her mom's friend that, that said There this. were a lot of prophets. Have you known so Drew's world? funny. But then Prophet June is naming female <laughs> adversaries, but Drew won't even be able to like mix in with the coochie cleanse because it's too witchy for her. Then Fatum comes out with information that Drew and her husband Ralph have 12 aliases. And this is not from a private detective, which everyone thinks, but in fact from a real estate agent. This is real estate <laughs> intel. This is like background checks. He read background checks. Yeah. And all the aliases are presumably assistant names. <laughs> yeah, they probably are just people who like are in the residence with them. And, or just have like signing rights because Drew, with her busy schedule, can't be bothered to go signing. No, Dan, clearly Ralph goes under the name Danielle. Murder She Drew definitely took on like a whole new vibe. Very campy this week. I Murder, loved she drew. Murder She Drew this week. Mm hmm. So I funny. just realized this was a PJ party in more ways than one. There was a Pastor Jeanette, a Prophet June, and a pajama party. <laughs> oh my gosh. Was there a private jet anywhere? No. Oh. Honestly, after Beverly Hills, you don't need any private jets. You were sick of them. I am. <sighs> okay. Marlo. My heart breaks for the nephews and Marlo. These kids have already gone through so much trauma. They are in the midst of a huge traumatic episode. and They're being little shits, but that's also of their age. They're the little shits that are going to leave damp clothes. And she's doing her best. She's like taking them to the laundromat. She's like, you're doing your own laundry. They fail to do the drying portion of said laundry. Which I don't really get. Did they leave the laundromat Mm -hmm. before it was done? I don't know, Elizabeth. I feel like if we were following Marlo around, we could help the girl out. I am happy that the other girls were saying, like, Marlo, these kids basically have super abandonment issues. You can't drop them off. Also, I would like to think that at the time, Mm -hmm. like, she just called her sister and was like, okay, you guys are going to stay with her for a month. You can help out with her kids. Like, we don't really know how it was posed to them. I'm hoping she didn't scream, get the fuck out of here. The way she framed it, she framed it as a classic Ross and Rachel situation. Which is a very weird way to treat being the guardian of children. To go on a break. Julia's looking at me weird. Oh, I had to I like... <laughs> clarify. Marlo just goes so dirty when she fights. Like when Kenya's drunk and having fun and like at the moment and running around the table having a good time. Marlo's in the back screaming and Mark didn't want you. What the fuck? Yeah, I mean, I laughed at that for sure, but. She brought up that Kenya was finally comfortable saying she wore a wig like 97 times and like no one was taking Marla's bait and she kept going at it. Okay, so here's a question from the internet. Do we feel like Marlo can handle the peach or do you think she's better in friend of doses? I think she's still running with the peach. I think like the more negative stuff that was like highlighted only adds to the fact that she's like a crucial component to this show. What I'm worried about is that now that she has the peach, she's going to burn out too bright, too fast. Where being a friend of her, like, you know, her below the belt stuff, we got little bits, but now Mm -hmm. we're getting it so much. I'm worried that, like, she could have been a friend of for another 10 years, but you can't 
you can't Luanna and go to a back to a friend of Kenya does the same thing though. Kenya will harp and harp and harp on people. Drew is a negative Nancy. Oh Drew. my god! So if I would feel like it was too much if this whole cast couldn't handle it, but they clearly can handle Marlo. Yeah, they talk over even Kenya, who apparently has a case of can't take, can take clearly. <laughs> Kenya's I am the moment. The moment is leaving. The moment is returning. What a diva. Can we do our on-mic Marlowe's, though, to sign off on Marlowe? My on-mic Marlowe is, I don't know if Coochie Incense is going to free Sheree from Tyrone, but it may give her a yeast infection. (laughs) Excellent. All right. Speaking of people who could not handle Marlowe, we ready for Beverly Hills? Yes. All right. Beverly Hills, um, I would like to start out with my favorite moment of every Beverly Hills episode, uh, ragging on Kyle. Oh, here, let me set the scene. Garcelle is worried about Erica because Erica is on new medication and is mixing alcohol with it. And, you know, obviously there is stuff to worry about there. And Kyle is shocked that Garcelle is saying Erica might have issues with alcohol right now. And Kyle says she's basically an expert on alcoholism because what she dealt with in her family. We then get a beautiful flashback of what Kyle thinks is going to prove that she is basically the king of Al-Anon. And it is her yelling and putting her hands on her sister Kim, screaming, you're an alcoholic. And then we got a twofer. We got a jump in time to Lisa Rinna saying that Kim was going to die because she's an alcoholic. Kyle later on confronting her at Lisa Rinna looking like, what? I never said that. So it was an excellent double blow. And the confusing thing about Kyle's defense is that the point Garcelle's making is that, like, Erica's acting really weird right now. It's a pattern of behavior that's happening right now. And Kyle's whole point is, only two times in the past, like, seven years I've known her. It's like, that's not the point. This is <laughs> Two consecutive times. <laughs> it's not two times. times over the course of all that time. I, yeah. I love how Garcelle is approaching this ongoing argument with Kyle, where... It got brought up with her on her outlook on Erica and then any time Kyle defends anyone against Sutton. Mm-hmm. And I like that Garcelle is referring to this trait as jumping ship. And Kyle is getting all hung up on the wording where really Garcelle is saying you're full of all shit. The, they always get you're sinking Sutton. Yeah. And you're sinking Erica. I mean, she's trying to murder Erica. The jump shit versus full of shit is like a nice strategic approach on Garcelle. Garcelle is so good. She is. Garcelle and Sutton are really carrying this cast. And man, people are coming for Kyle. But not as much as people are coming for Diana. I have never seen the fandom just come together united. And people are even posting things like, you know what, you guys, we don't agree on a lot as fans, but we all agree that we never want to see Diana again. Yeah. Usually after I watch like a Bravo episode, you know, if I like want to see what the reaction is to any particular cast member, like I'll like look up their name on Twitter and it's usually pretty like down the middle. Like everyone has their fans, not Diana. Everyone says she's like the worst casting choice on like any Bravo show ever. It's crazy the amount of people that are on the same side about this. Somebody even said she made Teddy look interesting. So. Oh, no. Yeah. They'll I, I talked about her, below the belt. I find her way more interesting than Teddy. She, her and Sutton, so you say. You know, she can say that like 
500 times, and I find that <laughs> hilarious. But the problem with repeating your lines as you had planned them in the car before is sometimes you walk right into things. Yes. Or she calls Sutton fake, then Sutton says, I thought we were fine, we hugged. She said, no, I was being fake. And she's like, so then you're saying you're fake. And Diana's line for that chunk of time was, I guess I am. It's like, Diana, what? No. Yeah. A thing I say a lot about these Bravo shows is that, like, it's it's too good. You can't write that. But that Sutton and Diana scene was one of the first times I've been watching a Bravo show. I'm like, that's too bad. And no one would ever be able to write this scene. No one would ever <laughs> be able to come up with this conversation. <laughs> um, in stark contrast to Atlanta's amazing nude party where we didn't even discuss that, they were actually painting a penis that had splooged. A pre-drawn one. A pre-drawn one. one. It was like they were coloring yes. in, was, and they had models, and it there. was an acrylic paint coloring book yeah. with models supplied. Hilarious. <laughs> in stark contrast to that diamond of a party, we have the sad end to Sutton's little outdoor muddy extravaganza, where Crystal says, "I look skinnier in the cold." which is super sad. Lisa Renna makes a server touch her feet so the server knows how cold her feet are. That grossed me out, Julie. I'm so happy you clocked that. What the fuck? This is like the most like out of touch gross thing I've ever seen. Oh, and so it was, it was for Sutton's assistant. He's going to be like, I'm telling Sutton about this later. The fun activity we had is we (laughs) all drunkenly group facetimed a bumble app guy okay i have a hot take on this mm-hmm. when you are 13 and you are calling your friend's crush from the phone while you're having a sleepover it's fun because you guys are all 13 calling another 13 year old who's probably with his 13 year old friends and we're all <laughs> what made this not like that i know that's what we were going for Every single woman who was participating in that is married except for Sutton. I know. So these are a bunch of women who have the thing that Sutton's trying to obtain, kind of like playing monkey in the middle with it. Like, it kind of bummed me out. It's easy for you guys to fuck around with this because you have the end goal. Mm -hmm. Like, Sutton is working towards there, so you guys don't get to fuck around with this. I was bummed out. I mean... Sutton's got me on the hook. I feel bad for her at all times. So Mm -hmm. it doesn't take much for me to be like, eh, leave her alone. She's also the only one on this cast who is genuine. Whereas, like, Atlanta, like, we heard Sheree sob hysterically, like, genuinely sob about how many years she gave Chiron. Sorry to throw it back to Atlanta, but Sheree lets out that, like, like that scream cry like where it's choking out of her like it's trying to get out that was the most like you hear that you're like that is somebody in pain like this is so fucking sad and she's letting us in i think that there's a correlation between like the housewives that are like the most active and busy in like Mm -hmm. their careers or whatever's going on in their lives versus someone like kyle who's kind of just like hanging out in terms of how sincere and genuine they are like kyle her head spinning like thinking of like how to conjure some fake drama or whatever son's got like stuff going on in her life so when she is like reacting to something it's not something she's been planning for a while i think that's that's my theory on like why she stands out compared to the rest yeah or something she's involved in Mm mm-hmm She's not even involved in it. She inserts herself. Um, I'd like to wrap up Beverly Hills with one of my favorite segments called There's a Metaphor in There Somewhere. And our last scene with Kyle this episode was her spraying thousands of dollars worth of fake snow all over her Southern California house. And for some reason, I just saw that and thought, 
There's a metaphor in there somewhere. Or Diana talking about how many clothes that she just had to get away because she didn't wear them. She's giving ever. them to charity, enters Erica. <laughs> All right, are we ready for so Southern funny. Charm? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, Southern Charm. Um, I have to start out. I know I'm like totally derailing us right at the go of all of these, but I have to start out with my shower thought. I have Taylor figured out. Taylor said in the last episode to Shep's cousin that she wanted to get married before she had a baby, but she is off birth control. We know this. Shep doesn't want to commit, but if Taylor gets pregnant, he'll do the right thing. Quote, unquote. So if she gets pregnant, Shep is going to have to what? Commit. Commit. But she can't do that, like, get herself pregnant she on purpose. Because that's going to make you feel fucked up. So it has to be an accident. But, like, it has to be an accident if you catch my drift. And I Googled how old Taylor was. Because I had in my head she was 22, 23. I think she's 27. She is 27. So let's do some Taylor math. She's 27. She could probably lock Shep down in about a year. They'll get married, be married for a year, and then she can have a baby. Now she's about 30. They want two. She has one at 30. 34, maybe they throw one in the middle. Perfect. She breaks up with Shep. She probably won't meet somebody for another year. Now she's 28. They date for two years, 29, 30. They don't want to have kids right away. Now she's at 33 and she hasn't had a kid yet. So it's better to just double down and, you know. To add more layers, like I said last episode, Shep has money. We see how much money he has via the cousin. Two... She's already wearing her relationship glasses. To go back to putting contacts in every day is going to be a sacrifice. Mm-hmm. He's also in a phase of his uh, life where he, at least based on his social media presence, he's really trying to get off the vibe that he's like a good guy now. So yeah, he would like probably stay with her. Yeah, I think he, he'd kind of quote unquote have to, you know what I mean? Good luck to her though, because I don't see her locking him down. <laughs> No, and they're I, still together, by the way. I just feel like it's not going to happen. No. My read on this oh, three-day late period, because, like, especially if you're not on birth control, like... Three days means nothing. Three days means nothing. I think this was a three-day test. Mm-hmm. <gasps> and I think Shep failed. And that is the read I had instantly. This was not even a shower thought. Thoughts? <laughs> no, I think you're totally right. I'm just kind of... I think you're absolutely right. It also happened while they were filming. I mean, come on. He isn't smart enough to ask her how she feels about this. He is failing. He doesn't care how she feels about this. He is failing at every step of the way. Mm-hmm. And then he says, where do you think I'm going? And she said, you don't want commitment. So, like, she knows. But you know what? I heard, I think it was a therapist on a podcast say, like, people who say, like, oh, people who have commitment problems, you think that means that they don't want to get married. But breaking up is also a commitment. Mm-hmm. So Shep's not going to do that either. He's just going to drag Taylor and keep doing what they're doing till he doesn't. And he's also starting to look old. He's not the Sheppy of the pasty. Yeah, his testimonials, his little talking heads. There's one when they of do them. the flash. He looks terrible. When they do the flashbacks, I'm like taken <laughs> aback at how like charming he used to look versus how sad he hey, looks kill now. Julia. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I'm gonna move us along. I was really excited when we were gonna have a lunch and a new blonde girl entered, and I was like, Oh my god! Wait, is it Cam? No, it's a new blonde girl. Until I got her kind wrong, which said. 
Olivia. Oh yeah, you cannot. I don't that. know which one Olivia is. Damn. I am constantly surprised by her. <laughs> My favorite part about Olivia this episode was the text to Olivia that Austin sent that Craig helped him workshop and after several edits hey several wise so I think you should clear your schedule and we should have drinks tomorrow no a punctuation three wise no emoji nope. none of those drafts were good no, no. <laughs> if I got any of those texts I'd be like oh no what is he going to say to me they feel like we Another need to break up text. Like, yeah. Text. yeah. <laughs> I also love that Craig, who was kind of iffy on his Austin relationship, is now going all in by driving up with his, to his childhood home and helping him move. And we're going to have to watch this. I don't want to go down memory lane with Austin and his house that's not even in Charleston. Well, Julia, it's that way Craig can text sabotage Austin more. Okay. I got to point out um, a little Austin thing. He's talking about how, like, his beer's expanding. Like, I forget what he was talking about exactly. Was like He was saying, like, oh, production will go up, like, times 10. But instead of, like, times 10, he said 10x. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Like, he's only ever seen that phrase written down. He's never heard anyone say that. No one's willing to say it to his face. 10x. Oh my god, that is so funny. Madison has sealed her fate with being the villain this season by totally taking over Benita's birthday and made it into her bridal shower. Not subtly, even a little bit. And then she just lied about having Catherine mm-hmm. and Olivia, girl we can't remember, on the guest list, which was super yeah, blatant. And Vanita had to walk and see the monogrammed ribbon to even know that Catherine and Olivia were showing up. Like, that is absolutely It takes heinous. time to make those ribbons. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, those, those were made weeks in advance. Good yeah, point. That those... Etsy store was not on demand. Yeah. yeah. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Just, like, with what they were wearing and how they arrived. Like, Vanita always looks really, really cute. She had her cute dress on. But compared to uh, Madison, who was wearing, like, a borderline wedding dress. Mm-hmm. You know, the florals are very in style right now. Pat, my boyfriend, walked in their room and I said, whose birthday do you think it is? And he pointed to Madison because Vanita does, just looks like a regular guest there. I would also say Catherine because she did arrive with pink hair. She like took the assignment and ran. She with did. It. Good for her. <laughs> Poor Catherine. She like isn't does. isn't getting that Vanita is trying to like meet her in the middle in a cute way and thinks that she's being condescending because Catherine's too dumb to like pick up on Vanita being. Funny. Well, Vanita assured her that she isn't coming at her. She's just having a confo. <laughs> Catherine didn't even know what she was talking about for the first like minute of that. No, it's like, Catherine, do you remember the monkey emoji? Because all of us do. She's like, no. <laughs> and Vanita's trying to like hand you an olive branch. It's no. like an olive tree at this point. Yeah. And um, I got mm. one last thing to say about Madison. And this is actually a takeaway from, again, Pat when he was in the room. He pointed something out. And now I can't unsee it. Madison's eyes are half closed in every scene and totally glassy. 
just take a look at her eyes next time. They are not open. She like looks st- stoned out of her mind Does or something. She? Yes. Are you sure it's not just the amount of Botox? That girl has so much. Well, that's what surgery. I said at first too. And I said, no, no, no. She's just wearing a lot of fake eyelashes and they're just weighing her eyelids down. But then I started noticing like she, maybe she has a lazy eye or something, but just look at her eyes next time. Okay. She does have like a Drew Barrymore mouth at times. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Her, yeah. Look at her eyes. She's got look something going on. Next episode. Okay, I just have something to say about Patricia. And Patricia is becoming very much, or she always was, the Lisa Vanderpump. We have to go to her home and, like, pay respect to her. Everyone's excited when she shows up. She says little cutesy things like, let's eat, drink, and remarry. Mm-hmm. ironic because she's aged out of the remarrying system clearly because her last relationship was with her butler. And then, uh, but like the problem is between Lisa, who is a successful businesswoman and Patricia, who we have, you know, puppy caftans and a $200 pillow line that didn't even remotely rival Craig's. I just have a hard time with giving Patricia the respect that she deserves, I feel like we can cut the ties a tad. Elizabeth. So you're raising your I'm hand. raising my hand. Julia, tag me in. It makes sense with Lisa Vanderpump because all the people at Sir, Tom Tom, whatever, work for Lisa or worked for her at one point. Has you know, they all work under her and now they are on a show because of Lisa Vanderpump. Mm-hmm. That's called Vanderpump Rules. So pretty obvious. Mm-hmm. Who is Patricia to Shep? Who is Patricia to like Catherine? To, it is not um, obvious at all. I think we should pause this discussion and resume it when we get to my award. <gasps> oh, okay. okay, good. I should think, we award it? I think I'm it ready. time for awards then. Alex, what a great transition. All right, awards. We are going to mix it up and have Alex pick up where we left off. Alex, your award. My Bite the Hand That Feeds You award uh, goes to Patricia, mm. Madison, and Vanita from this episode of Southern Charm for spending a whole scene clowning on our guy Whitney, who is the creator, producer, and kind of the showrunner of the series, is the reason why Patricia is in this role that we are questioning. Okay. I mean... So what I'm hearing is Whitney is Lisa Vanderpump. It's, it's interesting the respect given to Patricia and like the like throughout the series, the disrespect given to Whitney. It's just interesting. I don't really have a comment on it other than that. It's just like, she's only on it because it's Whitney's mom. He's the creator of the show. Alex, you know what it is? It's Wizard of Oz, the man behind the curtain. You need a wizard. And then there's a Whitney behind the curtain. Oh, you think Patricia's the wizard? Mm. Patricia's the wizard. Uh. You gotta have a middle-aged brunette woman with plastic surgery. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows that. It's a, the tale as old as time. It's true. My wears many hats, but none of them fit award goes to Diana from Beverly Hills. Who just does not <laughs> fit into the cast and does not fit into her hats. She wears the smallest the hats. hats. They look like children's hats and they just sit on top of her head like a top hat would, except for it is a build baseball hat. And somebody compiled all of the pictures of Diana wearing hats. 
and they all fit her like this. That so, is so, so funny. I'm s- her look during her big scene with Sutton was very much like teenage Justin Bieber wearing a baseball hat. Yes. Alright, Julia, what's your award? My award is the Bravo Drink Tracker Award. We got two Bravo alcoholic beverage trackers this week. We had Erica Girardi's and we also had Kenya Moore's. And I'm gifting Kenya Moore as the most fun Bravo Drink Tracker. Kenya, what a delight. Erica's, we had to listen to a whole Kyle Garcelle argument about how we're worried Erica's an alcoholic. Boo. So anyway, congratulations, Atlanta. You win every Emmy. So, yay. It's the best show. It's the best show. Well, what a great mm-hmm. week in Bravo. Um, We did get the Atlanta season halfway mark like oh promo, which was bonkers. If she by Sheree has no fashion at this fashion mm-hmm. show, I'm going to wet my pants. Uh, we all talk about it when we get there, but uh, Candy delivered probably my favorite thing I've ever heard on television, which is, I am no Michelle Obama. You go low, I will go lower. <laughs> Amazing. Yes. So I don't know if we're getting a new Atlanta next week, but I feel like we've gotten so many weird Atlanta breaks. I'm hoping we get one. I mean, we went two weeks without getting Atlanta. I had to worry about Marlo's nephews for two weeks. Ralph. <laughs> no. <laughs> so um, I guess we'll we'll wait and see what next week brings us. Well, thank you, Julia and Alex, for joining me. Thank you, Elizabeth. You can catch new episodes of the Don't Be All Like Uncool podcast every Monday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcast and Podbean. You can also follow us on Instagram at Like Uncool Podcast. Remember to rate, review, subscribe, and mention it all.